What is up, guys? Black Wizard is back with another episode of the Metal Legions podcast. Been a while since I've done one of these with COVID and work and a lack of releases. Time just kind of got the better of me and uh, haven't been able to sit down and, and do one of these, but I've had uh, had some changes in my personal life with regards to work. Puts me traveling a lot. Puts me in a hotel a couple of nights a month. So I thought, hey, what better time to be able to sit down and do a new podcast episode than when I'm at the hotel with nothing else to do. With all that time that has passed, we've uh, we've had a couple, two or three, dozen, two dozen new releases come out that have been pretty damn good. And uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of those over the next few episodes. The very first one that I'm going to start off with is a, uh, a band that I was able to catch on tour with the Black Dahlia Murder recently. Just released a new record in September called The Work. The band is Rivers of Nile. These guys have been around for a couple of years. Formed back in 2009. Since that time, they've gone on and recorded two EPs, and this is their fourth full-length album. Back in 2018 is kind of really when people started taking notice of these guys with their Where Owls Know My Name record. It had a lot of proggy elements. Um, Think some Catatonia, um, maybe even... A little bit of um, maybe a little bit of, of early amorphous. It had some really, really solid death metal, and surprisingly, saxophone. I never thought that saxophone belonged in death metal, but uh, Rivers of Nile proved me wrong. It was somewhat refreshing to be able to hear some new sounds when it come to death metal. And yeah, these guys figured out a way to do something a little different and make it work and make it, make it very, very interesting without being cheesy. So uh, with, the, uh, with the new record, The Work, they have some sacks on it. Again, it's it's toned down from where owls know my name, but it's still there. It's kind of more of a background um, ambient type thing, as opposed to straight out in your face, like it was on where owls know my name. I think uh, I think with that record, they were just trying to say, "Hey, check it out. We got a sax player, and we're doing some crazy shit," and it got some attention and it it's fucking worked the uh the new record it's it's not necessarily a concept record but it has a lot of themes that run through the record to make you 
think about or how your life is working and how I, I, yeah, I know that sounds like hella cheesy um, but kind of kind of how things connect and how things work out for you as an individual um, and it's kind of something that everybody deals with I'm gonna read a quote here from the bass player slash backing vocalist Adam Biggs in regards to the themes of, of the record. What does life all really boil down to in the end? You can be lovey-dovey about the good times and savor the sweetness that life sometimes provides, but beneath everything is work, struggle. Someone is always getting a raw deal. Someone's always sweating it out in the mine somewhere so you can enjoy your diamonds. This has always proved true in everything I've ever done in my life. Most people reading this know me as a member of a successful band, but beneath it is constant work. Physical, emotional, spiritual work. Every day. And I know that it's like this across the board for just about anyone in at least some capacity, so I figured this subject will be relatable to a lot of people. End quote. Um, I think that kind of sums up what the record is about. I mean, Adam did a really good job of putting that out there. He's right, you know. Um, I'm not going to get too philosophical about all this, but everybody has some shit that they're dealing with. And uh, people deal with that shit in, in different ways. And, you know, thankfully for us, one of the ways that the guys in Rivers of Nile dealt with it were putting this record together. They... The, the band has a lead vocalist, but they also have two other people who provide background vocals. Um, Adam Biggs provides some harsh vocals, kind of black metal style. Um, and then you've got the drummer, Jared Klein, and he provides a lot of super clean vocals that aren't always in the forefront uh, when, you, when you listen a lot of times the vocals are layered and you you think hey do I hear do I hear those clean vocals in there somewhere and yeah you do they, they sometimes they may be buried in in the mix um, but I think that's on purpose so that it creates those layers so you can you know start to peel apart the onion and see you know what is going on with the band and you're like oh okay well I, I hear I hear the death metal vocals I hear the harsh vocals I hear the clean vocals I hear some fucking saxophone I hear a hell of a bass player um, I hear some really really good guitar work if you haven't listened to the record definitely check it out um, so the record starts with a track called The Tower real soft and quiet with um, almost a brooding ambiance to it and a lot of if not most of the lyrics to the song are almost whispered the gist of this song is taking a lot of blame or feeling like you are responsible for some failures in your life and deciding okay I'm kind of at 
rock bottom and today starts the first day of digging myself out of this really shitty pit that I'm in. The last couple of lines of the song are, there's no time to waste, there's so much more to do, we built it all backwards, so let's fix that too. It's my fault. Right there, right off the bat, the song grabs you because it's that feeling that we've all had that everything has crumbled and we are to blame and this is the first step to digging ourselves out of the pit that we feel like we are in. From there, track two immediately begins with some very dissonant, almost um, industrial sounding guitar. And when I say industrial, I don't mean industrial metal. I mean, it sounds like you are standing in a steel mill and the hammers are pounding on the steel and you can hear those reverberations and it really feels like uh, they are beginning to work, they're showing up to work um, and to start getting things done with, um, with their life. Song's probably one of my favorite transitions from or in the entire record. Um, towards the end of the song, it starts building and building and building to, until all you hear is just a massive wall of feedback and I believe there's some screams in there that are fairly unintelligible um, and this this goes on for about a minute minute and a half and it it almost it almost gets on your nerves to a point where you're like man will, will this stop and all of a sudden it does stop it completely stops and track three weight kicks in and it is the complete opposite of the previous song everything is as quiet and somber and kind of reaches back to some of that some of that melancholy that we get from the first track after weight um, we go into focus which is the second single that the band has released off the record. It's probably my favorite track on the record. Could be because it was one of the singles and I've been able to spend some more time with it than I have the others. But it's a, it's a really great song. It's, it's got a lot of layers to it. Um, a lot of those clean vocals that are down in the mix really shine in, in this song. This is a song that Adam Biggs wrote the lyrics to, um, and it's kind of focusing on the way he was medicated for ADD as a kid. Um, I think a lot of kids that are, well, we're adults now. I think a lot of adults who are in their mid to late 30s to early to mid 40s were caught in that trap of hey this kid's a little different he's got ADD because uh, that was that that's what they diagnosed everyone with back in in the 80s 
and I think Adam does a really good job of what so many people felt at the time. Um, some of the some of the lines from the song are, "My body, my pride, once radiant inside." I figured all of this focus had just been given to me. Um, and you know, again, I think that's something that's that's kind of relatable. You're bouncing around off the walls one moment, and someone shoves a pill down your throat, and bam, all of it's gone, and you're just hyper focused on something that's there that a few minutes ago was just one of a million random things going through your mind. The next track on the record was the first single, Clean. Um, this song has a lot of post-metal vibes to it. Think Neurosis, Isis. Both are bands that I've really been into for a long time, but I gotta say that when I first heard this song, I was I was kind of disappointed because that's not it's not what I expected out of Rivers of Nile. Um, I've come to really enjoy this song. Uh, I think it's a great song. I don't know that it was the best song to make as the lead-off single to the record, just because it it kind of varies from what you expect from these guys. But then again. You know, maybe that's a good call because these guys. I mean, what the, what do you expect out of, out of Rivers of Nile at this point? I mean, when they're throwing in sax solos, uh, what what the fuck else is there? When they're throwing in psychedelia, and death metal, what? I, I mean, kudos to these guys for for doing something different. On the record, the void from which no sound escapes. I know I'm going to get some some hate for this, but this song is what Fear Factory wishes they could be. Uh, I've never been I've never been a big Fear Factory fan. I've always thought that Fear Factory tried to force the mechanical sound into their music because they wanted that theme to run through everything with the band. And to me, it, it never worked. It, 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 sounded, it sounded fake. This song sounds, it sounds real. Um, it, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but I mean, this is what Dino should want to be. This is what Fear Factory should want to be. And if you don't like that opinion, I, you know, sorry. But that, that's how I feel. These guys... And this one song mastered everything that Fear Factory has tried to do their entire career. Is called More. For me, this is kind of the low point of the record. Um, this song, the the entire first half of it, to me is is somewhat forgettable. I hate to say that. It definitely does build towards the end and has some anger and some rage. Um, and the last line of the the song is, "But I hope it fucking kills you." And I think we've all had that thought about someone before. Um, the next track is called "Tower 2, and it's more of an interlude than anything else. It does have some lyrics, but it's a 
It's a fairly short, quiet song. Into track nine, which is called Episode. This song kind of relives some of the life that you've had and does it, you know, like it's a TV show. Like there are individual episodes of moments in, in our life and how some of those episodes usually end poorly for us. To the end of the album here with track 10, Maybe One Day. This track is definitely the most experimental track on the record. It, it has a Pink Floyd sound, um, a very porcupine tree sound to it. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of acoustic guitar, a lot of clean vocals. Some of the higher pitched clean vocals are really well in this song. They're they're a lot quieter than the lower clean vocals, but they really cut through because of the dynamic between the two sounds. Um, this is a really, really good song. It's very well written. Um, it's composed really well. This is probably the most musical the band has gotten on their records to date. To the final track of the record, track 11, Terrestria 4, Work. This, um, this song is a culmination of everything throughout the record. It builds so that it makes you think when the end of the song is over. Does all of the shit that I go through with every day, is it really worth it? Do I really need to continue putting in the work to achieve what I want to and to get through day to day? And, you know, ultimately that's that's up for you to decide. That's That's not for anybody to tell you when or how you should live your life, but it's definitely something you should think about. Do I want to do this work? Can I do it? Yeah, you fucking can. This went on way longer than what I anticipated when I pushed the record button. It turned into something that I really didn't expect. But hey, this is me putting in some work and talking to you guys about a record that I really fucking enjoy, a band that I really, really think has um, a lot of things going for them, and the sky's the limit for these guys. I hope they stick around a long time. Go check out this record. It's streaming on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, if anyone uses Tidal, or Deezer. Um, I don't know anyone that uses those two. Um, but check it out, stream it, buy a physical copy, pick one up at Indie Merch. Um, if you buy through Indie Merch, all of the money goes directly to the band. Um, Indie Merch is one of the only places where all of the money goes to the band, unlike Bandcamp. Give them a follow on Instagram, at Rivers of Nile, and... You know, if you're not following me on Instagram, hop over there, 
give give me a follow see when the next episodes are coming out check out some of the merch that i buy um, that's basically all my instagram is is showing all of the merch that i pick up and the money that i blow for the bands that that i really like um over on instagram i'm at metal.legions um thanks for listening and hopefully i can put together a few more episodes while i'm stuck in the hotel and get this puppy back on track so thanks for listening and take it easy guys